Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The Roy Green Show with guest host Andrew Lawton continues on the Chorus Radio Network. So here's a question that I think will cause a lot of people to shift around in their seats, maybe look or look the other way here. Thankfully, it's radio. I can't see you. But I'm going to venture a guess to say most people who drive do so often above this posted speed limits. Whether you are on a highway or on a city street, I think speeding, whether moderately or exorbitantly, is kind of a universal thing. Maybe I'm wrong about this. I'm sure there are the odd people in the world who are going to say, nope, the speed limit says 80, so I'm going to go 80, not one kilometer an hour more. But I think most people have a much more nuanced perspective on it. Maybe go with the flow of traffic. Maybe go no more than 10 or 15 kilometers above the speed limit, especially on highways. Well, we've seen in parts of the country, like in B.C., for example, increases of uh, speed limits to about 120 kilometers an hour. We've seen elsewhere, though, limits that are often capped at 90 or 100, even when roads were built for what a lot of people have observed is substantially more than that. So what we have in Ontario is a group called Stop100.ca is campaigning for a an extension to the 407, which is a toll highway in the province, but one of what's known as the 400 series of highways, which are all typically at 100 kilometers an hour, that an extension of it should be built with a higher speed limit to test out the concept of perhaps raising the speed limits at other highways as well. And this group is focusing on Ontario highways, but I think this is a national discussion, which is why I wanted to bring it up this afternoon. I'm very pleased to have on the program Chris Klemek, founder of Stop100.ca, the group behind this initiative. Chris, great to talk to you. Thanks for your time today. Good afternoon, Andrew. So let's first off talk about uh, the status quo here. We've heard time and time again that, oh, well, speeding is dangerous. So is this something that you've really seen as being the number one argument that people give you when you say we should take uh, the speed limits and raise them? They say, well, no, that's more dangerous. Well, uh, I would like to ask, how do we define speeding? Okay, if we're defining it as driving above the posted speed limit, then that's one thing. But if we're defining it as driving recklessly or dangerously, that's another thing. So when you have a low speed limit of, for example, 100 kilometers an hour, when the highways were actually built for 120, and, and we have official statements from the uh, Ontario Ministry of Transportation, the highways were actually designed for 120. It's kind of ridiculous to define people who do 120 as speeders, even though they are doing something illegal. Yes, I agree, because the limit is 100. But they're only driving at a reasonable pace, and they're driving exactly how the highway was designed for. So that's kind of an ironic question to talk about, right? 
Yeah, and it's also interesting as well, because to me, when I hear uh, the word speeding, you're right, there's that legal definition, which is, you know, one kilometer an hour over the speed limit, you're Absolutely. speeding. And then there is the, the fundamental question. If I'm going down a highway and everyone's going 110, let's say, perhaps it would be more dangerous for me to go slower than them than to go 110 myself. Absolutely. So, so this is why, why this call, you know, this term speeding is, is such a, you know, confusing and almost, you know, shallow word, if you will, because the safest speed to drive at is the speed of the traffic. So if the traffic uh, is moving at 115, 120, 125, or as it actually happens every day on our 407, the main 407 highway, uh, you know, that is a toll highway, people drive between 115, actually even 130, 140. So how could you define everybody as a speeder if the highway has been extremely safe for decades, right? There's no accidents. There's very few accidents, fatal accidents on the highway, yet everybody is a speeder, right? It doesn't make any sense. So let's look at some of the examples here of when the speed limits have been increased. I mentioned at the top of the show that B.C. has seen uh, limits increased above where they are in the rest of the country. And as I understand it, this has not resulted in any uh, substantial issues. Right. So, so statistics, crash statistics and fatality uh, statistics, they should never be measured from year to year. And the, the reason is very simple. Uh, you know, one year you could have more snow, okay, or you could have a massive pileup, right? Uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, it happened because of the speed limit, right? We have pileups in Ontario and, and you know, U.S. states in, in, you know, down south in, 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 in the United States. They have pileups in Florida, for example, where there is no snow. So you should never measure statistics from year to year. You should always look at maybe three to four to five years, you know, first of all. So we're not going to get the data from BC for, you know, maybe a couple more years. But what has transpired is that the speeds have not changed. And this is the key information here. Mm. Minister Todd Stone said that when the speed limit was 110, they did a, a very thorough study. They studied, you know, the speeds for about a year before they did that. The speeds were the 85th percentile, which means... 85% of drivers voluntarily did not exceed 126 or 127 kilometers an hour. When they raised the speed limit to 120, the minister actually said that after a few months of analyzing the data, the speed data, and he concluded that the speeds have not changed. The 85th percentile is still about 126, 127. That, to me, is fascinating because this shows that people aren't really paying much attention to the speed limits in the first place. They're driving at, I'm guessing, a speed that feels to them safe and comfortable. Exactly. And this is exactly what the highway engineers are calling for. They're saying, set the speed limits based on the you know, so-called 85th percentile, which means that 85% of drivers are naturally uh, born to be the, you know, you know, the, the survivors. I mean, they do not want to die. They do not want to do anything crazy. They do want to get home, uh, you know, safely to their families. We have statements from uh, states like Florida. They actually post this definition on their website. You know, it is common traffic engineering knowledge that about 85% of drivers will travel at a reasonable and safe speed, right? So, yes, of course, we look at things like weather conditions. We look at things like uh, the quality and condition of your own vehicle. You're not going to drive at 125 if you, have, you, know, if you feel a wobbling if, if in your front tires, right, if, if your steering wheel is shaking. You're not going to drive faster. So you are the best judge of your speed. That's why the number painted on the side of the road doesn't really matter that much. You will still drive according to how you feel safe. And this is, I think, especially interesting because one of the arguments that I have heard against what you're pushing for is people saying, well, right now drivers will drive, you know, 10 to 15 kilometers over the speed limit. If you were to increase it to 130, people are going to drive 140 or 145. And it sounds like you're saying that's just not reflected in the actual stats. 
Well, so, so BC is the perfect example here, right? BC has proven that, no, the 85th percentile has not changed, okay? It stayed exactly the same. But, you know, just to complement on it and make it even, you know, not so much of a national but maybe almost international discussion, I have in front of me statements from about six U.S. states. I'll list them for you. Wisconsin, police said speeds have not changed. They raised it from 65 miles to 70. Speeds have not changed. Utah, same statement. Ohio, same statement from the police spokesman. Okay? Uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Texas, Montana. These states have raised their speed limits in the last um, two, three, four years. These are all statements from the police officers on the ground. They are not seeing increased speeds, which means fatalities, crashes cannot be increasing because of posting a more reasonable speed or speed limit because the speeds are not actually changing. People are simply becoming, you know, law-abiding citizens, if you will, because they're not being criminalized by a low, you know, number painted on the side of the road. So herein lies, I guess, the bigger question. You've said that you can't necessarily take a sample of just one year because there is a natural fluctuation here. What would be, in your eyes, for this pilot project that you're pushing for on the 407 extension, a good enough time frame that the government in Ontario could take and say, yes, this works, now let's expand it? All right, that's a very good question. So, I mean, it can be answered in two ways. Uh, first of all, after, for example, a year, we could talk to the OPP. We could say, hey, what are you seeing? Do you see people doing 160, 170 now? Or do you still see people doing roughly the same speeds as you did before? Okay, we can talk to the OPP much sooner than, than you know, three or five years. But yes, for the official statistics, it would be the safest to, to wait for, you know, three, five years. Because again, I'll give you a perfect example, Andrew. In 2012, uh, on our provincial highways here in Ontario, uh, the fatalities actually rose, okay? They actually increased in 2012. But I'm pretty sure neither you or I remember a speed limit increase, right? We haven't increased to 110 or 120 or 130 in 2012, have we? We haven't. So that's why you cannot do it year to year because, you know, it would look kind of silly. I mean, even without the speed limit change, you know, there, there could be things that are happening because, remember, most accidents actually do not happen because of the speed. And this is also another statistic from the ministry. Uh, speed over the speed limit has only contributed to about 5.6% of fatal accidents. So there's many, many, many different aspects of why crashes and fatalities begin in the first place, like drunk driving, like distracted driving, and things like this, not necessarily going at any particular rate of speed. Fair enough. Uh, really interesting to see if uh, you're going to have any sort of uh, receptive response to this. Has the government, when you've advanced this in the past, given you any sense that there is any flexibility on this, or do they just cite a lot of these myths that you've said are debunked? Well, uh, they haven't really paid attention, unfortunately. They haven't paid attention too much to, to anything that we've sent. They keep sending sort of the boilerplate you know, plate response to our letters. However, what we've tried to do this time around is we've picked a brand new highway to give them less reasons to refuse to look at our data. Brand new highway, right? It's a tall highway, 407 extension. And also the letter that we sent to the ministry a week ago has been signed, but get this, uh, a retired OPP officer actually signed the letter with us. Hmm. Two, two elected officials from the Durham region, which is just east of Toronto, where the highway is going to be cutting through. Two elected officials signed the letter with us. Prominent order journalists. So we have order journalists from, from the GTA, the greater Toronto area. Three or four of them actually signed the letter with us. So when you have people like this calling the government for doing something reasonable and, and something that's going to finally free us from being called lawbreakers and speeders, as we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, 
we kind of hope that maybe this will spark something. But so far, we're just waiting for the response for uh, for this final letter that we sent last week. Chris Klemek, founder of Stop100.ca, joining me on the line. Thanks very much for your time, Chris. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. We've got to take a quick break here. When we come back, let's talk about speed. It's something we all do at a rate that we have to feel comfortable with. So... Should the government just catch up to what's already happening anyway and say, yeah, you know what, let's increase the speed limit to 120 or maybe even 130? I think we need a minimum and a maximum so people feel they have a range there because if the limit is 100, people typically seem to treat that as a minor limit, as a minimum more than anything else. Taking your calls when we come back here, one 225 or one, uh, in, one in the GTA, 416-870-6400. You can also email me to andrew at am980.ca. I'm Andrew Lawton, in for Roy, here on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.